many of you guys, this is a super, super busy season. How many of you guys have been uh, interrupted before? Where like you're, you're, and it doesn't even have to be something important. Like maybe you're watching a movie. This happened to me this week. I was watching a movie and it got to the, the really quiet part where they were going to say who the actual killer was. And so everyone started talking really low and I'm getting old. So I'm like, I can't hear, you know, and um, that's how old people talk. And, um, and so I, uh, I'm turning up, I'm turning up the volume. And right when they're about to get to the, the, the part, somebody from the other room, who I won't name, starts talking to me. And I'm like, ah, oh, I was so engaged. Or maybe you're younger and you're playing Fallout 4 or Black Ops 3 or something 7 or whatever. You're doing all that and you're engaged, engaged, engaged. And all of a sudden somebody interrupts or says, take out the trash or whatever. And it's like, it's like, ah, you know, or maybe you're at work and you're working on a project and you got a deadline. You got to get it done. Maybe it's a presentation. Maybe you're in a, you work in a warehouse and you got to get this shipment out and all this kind of stuff. And someone starts talking to you or comes up with a cup of coffee and like, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? And you're like, I, I do not have time. You know how that, you know how that feels? Because we all hate to be interrupted. Why? Because we're engaged in something. We're engaged in something that we find important and valuable. Now, those examples I gave uh, are kind of small. I mean, whether I, whether I can always rewind the movie. Uh, you can always play another game of uh, Black Ops 3. You can always kind of get it. You'll probably get the shipment out on time. This one coworker isn't going to bother you. But what if? What if it's something bigger than that? What if your marriage gets interrupted because of some type of infidelity or something begins to go off the rails? What if your career gets interrupted? You've got this idea of, of how you're going to work up in the company, and you have a job you love, and everything's going great. And then right in your trajectory, they insert a manager who changes everything. And now it's your career that's interrupted. What if it's something, an expectation you had of how a relationship was going to go? Or what if your future included a significant other, a man or woman that you were going to share life with and time's moving on and, and, and it just feels like, ah, my, my expectations are getting interrupted. Then, then it's a little different. Now we're talking about stuff that's pretty serious. But what if... We could take those interruptions, even the small ones, and we could begin to ask our Heavenly Father, is this from you? Or, if it's obvious it's not, like a you know, marriage mistake or whatever, we, we know it's not from God, how can I move on from here with you? So, so maybe it's not from God, maybe it'll just be used by God. Because if we can't, we are going to be slaves to our interruptions because there's one thing I know about interruptions. They're coming. <laughs> they are coming. And so whether it's your career or, or a relationship or your finances or, or a health thing, you've got, you've, you see yourself retiring and, 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 and hiking the Andes Mountains and then something happens. Or maybe it's a, a, a son or a daughter who moved back in and then your idea of retirement got, gets interrupted. Okay, easy. Gosh, wow. A lot of hostility in here, okay? Yeah. Right? Now, now, what if we could take those things, serious things, big things, and we could turn them back to God and say, God, is this from you? 
Uh, or how can you use this in my life? Well, we're going to look at somebody very, very famous this morning that this actually happened to. And we're going to see how she went about moving forward with this. And we'll see where God was. And maybe we can, at the end of this, I hope, take this and ask ourselves some questions. So the next time we're interrupted, whether it's even something as small as a movie or something as uh, big as a marriage, we can try to find God in it. And so uh, we are in... Um, Uh, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now you remember last week we talked about Elizabeth, uh, her, her husband was visited by an angel, and he asked the simple question of like, wow, that's weird, how can that happen? And the angel said, you're not allowed to talk for nine months. So men, just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, and and so, so now Elizabeth has gotten pregnant, and she's six months into it, okay? In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary turns out to be very famous, by the way. Uh, but but, but I, I love, when I read the Bible, I love the exactness of it, right? Like, his name's Gabriel. They're going to Nazareth. That's in the region of Galilee. It's to this woman, Mary, who's betrothed or engaged. It's even more than engaged. It's betrothed to Joseph. I mean, there's this real specific intentionality of your, of your heavenly father going, at this time in history, at this moment, I'm going to send the angel to this person. Okay? That's great. But if you're Mary... You were probably just folding clothes that day. (laughs) Like you were probably planning for the marriage. You were probably thinking, I sure hope Joseph is the right guy. You know, you're just going through life. And God, with all this intention, plops Gabriel there and you're just living. You're just going to the next meeting. You don't have anything to do this. What What do you do with that? And so... God sends the angel Gabriel, and Gabriel went to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Now, now think about if God were to visit you or send an angel to visit you and said you are highly favored, what would you expect the result of that to be? A promotion? Maybe kids if you've been praying for it? Maybe a husband walks through the door. Hello. You know, it's like, you know, you know, maybe a wife or something or, or, or you know, your, your boss suddenly gets, uh, gets put in traction or what, whatever. Like, like as highly favored, what does that look like to you? Because you're going to see something in just a second. It's super important to connect with. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. This word greatly troubled in the original language does not show up anywhere else in the New Testament but right here. It means to be wholly disturbed. Like like just you're greatly troubled. Oh, is that how they translate it? Hey, good job. Uh, that, that's, that's what it means. It just means to be wholly disturbed. And then it says, Uh, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this would be. That's where we get this word wondered is where we get our word dialogue. It's dialoguing within herself, like, 
oh, man, what is this all about? Did I do something wrong? Am I, you know, what, what, who is this? Why is it happening? All, the, all those kinds of things. Now, this is the connection. I, one of the connections I want you to get this morning. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled at the same time. Just because you're greatly troubled right now does not mean you're not highly favored. You can be going through things. You can have this wondering in your spirit going back and forth. Why would God do this? Why am I in this position? How long is this going to take? What's going to happen? You can have that going on while still being highly favored. Sometimes, depending on what your history is, haven't you kind of felt that in order to be highly favored, you must be above all of that? You must not question. You must not. You just kind of get to a place where you accept everything and and you're just at this. No. You can be greatly troubled and highly favored at the same time. And I think this is an important point uh, for us to notice. And you can have those types of dialogue, even as you're watching current events or you're, you're, you're in, in a situation that might have a sense of injustice about it. And you might say, man, I don't, I don't know. Why is this happening? Why is this being allowed? What, what, what's going on? And, and you don't have the answer yet. You can still be highly favored in that. And so the angel, Gabriel, goes back to the, his angel 101 manual that we talked about last week. And he says to her, do not be afraid, because that's what every angel is taught to say to every human being at some point when he meets them. Uh, that's just the way it goes down. Mary, you found favor with God. Now, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what she did. Wouldn't you love to know Mary's manual of finding favor with God on the New York Times bestseller list or whatever? Like, you know, by Mary. I don't know what her last name was, but uh, like, like, wouldn't you love to know that? That there's something Mary was doing. I think we're going to find a key to it in just a little bit. We might not have the specifics of what time she woke up and when she read her scrolls in the morning and what, how all that played out, but I, I think we're going to find some keys. And so Gabriel is just reminding her, hey, you, you, you found favor with God. And he says this, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Watch this description of Jesus. And Gabriel played his harp, and it sounded beautiful. Um, (laughs) Here's uh, here's what he says. You will be great, and his guitar at the same time. Way to go, Gabriel. (laughs) Fantastic. He will be called great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, Mary asks a question after this that kind of troubled me during the week. Because it, the question doesn't really match what she was just told. And it doesn't really match her circumstances. Let's say Lisa and I are engaged, or in this case, it's even, even bigger than engaged. It's betrothed, which for them meant you're engaged and you can't break it off. Okay, so, so it's, it's, like, it's like to break it off means you're getting divorced, really. It's a, it's a big deal. And so they're betrothed. And let's say an angel comes to my wife Lisa and says, um, you know, 
do not be afraid you found favor with God, which actually happens to her quite often. But uh, <laughs> imagine an angel shows up to my wife and says, hey, you know, you found favor with God. You're going to have a son. What would be the first question if you were a woman and you were engaged to a man that would come out of your mouth? It would be when. Because you, you already have, the, you've already got that set up. You, you're going to be married. You're, gonna, you're expecting to have kids. Especially in that culture, you were hoping, you were praying to have many kids. So, so why, why would Mary, and, and so that would be your question. Your question would be when, or maybe your question would be, um, uh, you know, uh, well, how, you know, how, is it going to be my third? Which, which son? You know, which son do I call? You know, how do I know which one it's going to be? But here's the question Mary asks, and, and it, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to, the, to me, or it didn't at first. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, I don't think Mary didn't know how this happens. I don't think she was raising her hand to biology teacher Gabriel going, how are babies made, you know? And Gabriel's like, uh, well, you see, you know, when two Jewish people really love each other, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, he's going like, God, help me with this one. I didn't, this is awkward. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't think Mary's asking the particulars of how this happens. Where did that question come from? Because she has her answer in Joseph. The answer is Joseph. If I were to ask you the, uh, you know, a question, how are you going to get to your house for your sitting right here? I know you have a car outside, okay? Or you can walk or however you got here. Why would she ask this question? Here's what I believe. I believe the answer was so important to Mary moving forward that God, the Spirit of God, was placing this question within her. And here's what, here's what I believe. And I, I, again, I cannot prove this from this scripture. I can only strongly suggest it from other scriptures I've seen and the life I've seen played out in people all around me as they've walked with Jesus. That sometimes you have a question that God has placed in you because he wants you to search for the answer. That the answer might already be known to you or you might come to a different conclusion, but you just can't shake the question. Here's an example um, in my own life. My sister got a phone call one day. And to, to give you some context to how this all went down, uh, kids, uh, it used to be that when you got a phone call, you didn't know who was calling, okay? It used to be, and think of this, we were riding camels at the time, but it used to be that your telephone would ring. First of all, it had a chain attached to it, okay? So you couldn't just go wa- walking around. But you, you were taking a risk every time you picked up the phone because if you were avoiding your mother-in-law, it didn't have a different ring, you know, like dun-dun-dun-dun. It, it didn't do that. It was the same ring for everyone, and you had no idea. Now, later on, they came up with answering machines, and, and the answering machines, you could hear the person leaving the answering machine, and most of the times the, the, the machine would say, I know you're there, pick up, right? But, but there was a time 
when you didn't, you didn't know. And this was the time when this individual called my sister. There's another part of the story that's really important. They used to send out these things. Um, they were lists of people's names. They called them phone books, okay? And basically what a phone book is, is it's a book of phone numbers in it, okay? And so their person's name would be there, and then there might be a number. Like, like for me, it's John and Lisa Rittenhouse. It's, I need to call John Rittenhouse, and then you'd say to the person you know, by you, like, well, hey, what's his wife's name? Lisa. Oh, okay. And that helped you refine your, who you were looking up, and then you'd see their address and their phone number, and then people got sophisticated and make their phone unlisted and all that kind of stuff. My sister didn't have all that. So this man calls my sister, and he starts yelling at her, and trying to intimidate her and, and telling her to do some really inappropriate things. And here's what he said. I have your husband. I have him tied to a chair. And if you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill him. And that's what she had on the other end of the phone. And so uh, she, you know, as you would be getting a phone call like that, you don't, you don't want to take the risk and just say, oh, you're, you're crazy. And you don't want to give in to demands. And so you're just, your mind is just racing. And here's the question that kept going into my sister's mind. How do you know his name? His name's David. And she said, I have your husband, David. How do you, how do you know his name? Now, the answer to that question is from the phone book. <laughs> The same book I looked in to get your name. Like, it's, it's in there. It stopped on everybody's door in her neighborhood. I mean, that's the answer to the question. Actually, it was a dumb question. But it wouldn't go away. And she just kept asking herself, well, how does he know his name? How does he, well, from the phone book, but how, I, I just, how, how, how does he know his name? So she finally just asked it. How do you know his name? And what he should have said was from the phone book or whatever. He said, I have his wallet. And my sister looked at the dining room table. And for the first time in months and months and months and months, her husband had left his wallet on the dining room table. My sister believes, as do I, that the Spirit of God kept putting that question in her mind. Ask it, ask it, ask it, ask it, ask it, ask it. And finally she asked it and he said, his, his wallet. And she said, I see his wallet right here. And, and, and so that knowing the answer to the question was more important than the question itself. It, 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 it brought light to the whole situation. Now, just so you know how the story ended, uh, you know, my brother-in-law was safely at work and my sister called the police and they did some stuff with the phones and they caught the guy. So that was, yeah, I know. Everyone's like, oh, okay, I can go back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 caught, they caught the guy, okay? But here's her question. It's so important because when you see the answer, you'll see that Mary had all she needed to move forward to complete what God had asked her to do. She said this. Uh, the, the angel said this. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So, you, so the Holy One will be born, uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. This is the answer that's going to fuel Mary through some really difficult times. 
Because essentially, Mary's going to get pregnant and need an answer, or at least need the internal confidence to know this is going to be okay. That God has interrupted Mary's life, and that Mary has the confidence to go, I can move forward from here. If Mary had not asked the question, like, well, I know how it's going to be. Joseph is going to be the dad. And then all of a sudden she gets pregnant. Now she's going, they say, how did this happen to you, Mary? And she goes, I don't know. And everyone's like, right. At least, at least in her she can go, look, I don't care what you believe. All I know is that God, this is God's baby, and he's got it all under control. And so uh, the angel answers this thing to her, and then he gives her this another real sweet affirmation that Mary can see with her own eyes at this point. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever ever fail. No word from God will ever, ever fail. Listen, for some of you right now, there's a question in your mind that's keeping you away from your Heavenly Father. And, 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 and maybe you're embarrassed to ask it. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a long time. Maybe you feel guilty because you should have the answer or should at least feel comfortable with the answer, and you don't. And, and maybe it could be that the Spirit of God is actually asking you to pursue that deeper, to find out why. Why do you, why do you have that question? What's going on? And, and you should be troubled but still favored at the same time. And so he, he goes on and... and uh, and he, he says, for no word of the God will ever fail. And I think, while we don't have Mary's guide to becoming highly favored, I think her answer says it all. I think her answer is just the fruit of what her life represents because she's, been, she's allowed herself to be interrupted by God many times. That she wasn't so engaged with the world or so engaged with her future or so engaged with her expectations or so engaged with her hopes and dreams that she wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to stop her, to slow her down, to have her turn direction. She wasn't seeing those things as interruptions. She was seeing those things as engagements of God engaging with her. So she was not ever threatened by them. They would just point her back to her Heavenly Father. And so Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Man, do you feel the, um, like I wonder if it was just quiet after that. Here she's engaged with this angel. She's heard this incredible news. She's answered this question and basically been told that the Holy Spirit will conceive a child within you. And she says, okay. Okay. For some of us this morning, we know the question that God has placed in our hearts. We know the interruption that either God has placed in our lives or God is going to now use in our lives. And he's just waiting for us to say, okay, I'll, I'll stick through the marriage. Okay, I'll, I, will, I, won't, I won't complain anymore. Okay, I'll, I'll begin to just bathe this in prayer and not, not try to work it out myself. Okay, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be fulfilled. 
in me. And then the angel leaves, and I wonder if she was like, do I, do I feel anything working? Like, like did, is it going to go nine, a full nine months? Like, what's going to happen? I like, wonder, wonder what she was thinking. The Bible doesn't say, but this is how I spend my week. So, so the Bible, we don't have time to go through all the verses, but essentially she packs her bags really quickly, and she rushes off to Elizabeth. Because remember, Elizabeth was part of this whole thing of, uh, and if you remember from last week, Elizabeth has been in seclusion for five months. And so now she's been out essentially for a month. And so Mary packs up all her stuff and she, she, she runs to Elizabeth's house. We don't know how, exactly how far away that is. And, uh, and, 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 you know, essentially kind of busts through the door or, or what have you. And here's what Elizabeth says. And this is fascinating to me. So she's Mary, They don't have cell phones at this time. She has no way to communicate to Elizabeth. She packs real quick and just goes to Elizabeth, okay? She busts through the door, and Elizabeth responds. The, 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 the baby in Elizabeth's womb, it's, the Bible says, leaps, okay? So I don't know if that felt like, you know, you're in the beginning of your you know, third trimester or whatever, and you take one of those shots to the spleen or whatever the baby does, you know, when the baby's moving. Or if the baby just, like, she was like, what in the world? It was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what that looked like. It says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, is Elizabeth talking about Elizabeth? Or is Elizabeth talking about Mary? Because Elizabeth was promised a baby through Zechariah, and that happened Mary's been promised a baby, and it hasn't happened. Is Elizabeth talking to Mary? Like, here comes the woman who's been blessed? Or is she saying, look at me? We don't know. We don't know. And so I, what I believe is that this is just another confirmation to Mary. And, and when we take these steps of faith, and when we say, you know what? Yes, I am your servant. I, I'm all in. We begin to look for those people in our lives who will say, you know, I, I just want to say, I think God's doing a work in you. I, I just want to say. And so, so here, here's this moment where the baby leaps in, in the womb and says that the Lord would fulfill this. Mary says this, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. M- Mary just comes from this, like I'm going to be entering into a whole new chapter with God. And she can rest in that. And watch, look what she says. And this, I believe, is a word for many of you this morning. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Notice what she does. She connects with her past. He has been mindful of me. And from now on. For some of you who have had this interruption in your life, maybe the death of a loved one, maybe something gone awry, maybe the loss of a job, maybe something, whatever. This is God's word for you. He has been mindful of you. And from now on, I I want us to say this as a group. We're going to say, he has been mindful of me from now on. You guys ready? Here, let's do it. He has been mindful of me from now on. And that might be all you have for this week. 
Your interruption might not have come this week or, or might not have come yet and is, is coming this week. But just to know that he has been mindful of you, he has loved you, he has been protecting you, he, he knows what's coming as he knew with Mary. When Mary was born, God knew about Mary. And then he interrupts and she says, from now on, this is what's going to go on. Many of us want to change the past. We want to go back and make it different. We, we sit with regrets going, if only I had. Life doesn't work that way. Oftentimes we have to sit with our Heavenly Father and say, we grieve the past or we celebrate the past or whatever, and we say, through that you have been mindful of me, but from now on. How does she get the, the strength to do that? Well, I, I, think, I think we see some things in, coming up that, that uh, give us some hints. He says, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. This is an understanding that although my circumstances may change, God never changes. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now you would think that Mary would say, the Lord has been mindful of me, and then list a whole bunch of things where God has worked in her life. But she doesn't. She goes back to who God is and what God has done. God's character. And so that it won't depend on her circumstances. Watch what she does. I put these all on a list here. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. But he has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry. He sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel. He has, he has, he has, he has. So he will, he will, he will, he will. That's where she gets her strength to be able to say, Whatever you want to do, go ahead. You've been mindful of me, and so I will. He goes on, he says this. He being Luke. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Probably showing, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't really keep track of it, but I'd imagine at about that time, or at least it's coming soon, you know, depending on where she is. What, what does she have? She ha- she's housing God's son. But to everyone else, she cheated on Joseph. And what's she going to say? She's going to give the answer that she heard from Gabriel. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. God, this is God's baby. And while Hardly anyone will probably believe her because who would believe that? She's got that. It's going to give her the strength to move in the next chapter. As Adjua comes back up, your question or whatever it is you're struggling with or whatever your interruption is or whatever might be the thing keeping you from God. And you're waiting for a really good answer that's going to mean something to somebody else. You're you're waiting for proof. You're waiting for, well, the answer to the question is this. And maybe your Heavenly Father isn't going to give you that answer, but is going to give you an answer for you. I'll tell you how this came up in my life. We were going through um, our group Rooted, which we're going to be going through as a church in January. And I'm going to hope everybody gets into a, a group. 
but we're, we're going through, through that, and, and um, it's very uh, intensive. It's 10 weeks long, so it's a 10-week commitment. It's going to be an interruption, okay, for you, one that God uses greatly. And then um, uh, as, uh, as I was going through that, you have to, in five days a week, you have to do a little, a, a little homework, okay? And one of the homeworks is you have to write a prayer to God, and then you have to listen, and you have to write the answer. And so um, my prayer to God was um, talking about my plans for us as a church for the next 10 years, you know, because we just finished up our 10-year anniversary, and now we're moving into the next 10. I'm like, Lord, I need a plan. I need a plan. I'm writing this prayer down. Lord, I need a plan. We've got to make sure we have a plan, 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 because you've got a plan. You always have to have a plan. I don't write very well. Uh, here's what I heard back from the Lord. I am your plan. That's what I heard, okay? Well, yeah, well the point is, <laughs> it's not a plan, <laughs> Okay? <laughs> Right? Imagine you ask me, hey, John, I was thinking about the next 10 years, and uh, you know, what's our plan? And I go, he's our plan. You're like, great, I think I'll go to Cottonwood. You know, it's, like, it's like, it's not an answer for you, it's an answer for me. Now, there, there's a plan, but you see what I'm saying? For you, as we take communion this morning, here's what I'm hoping happens. Whether you're standing in line or you're sitting back at your chair, or you, you come up to the altar and you're, you're engaging in communion and everyone who wants to connect with God in this way is invited. Uh, ask the Lord, Lord, is there, is there an interruption that, I need, that I've seen as an interruption, but really it's by your hand? Is there something I'm missing, where I, a, a, a place in my life where I'm frustrated and really I just need to say, but from now on, is there something I'm going through right now that I've seen as just a problem and you're seeing as a process? And that you'd connect with him because what communion allows us to do is physically sense what it means to engage with God. The the bread is a representation of his body and the, the, the cup is a representation of his blood and it allows us to be part of this. And so I'm going to pray for us and then you can come up and Take communion, and then, uh, like I said, if you want to take it back to your seat or come up to the altar or, 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 or kneel or whatever, you, you can do that. But I, I just hope you connect with them, and I hope the question that might have been haunting you or whatever, you'd hear from God. Not maybe an answer that you can tell to somebody else that makes any sense, but an answer for you. Lord Jesus, we give you this time. We thank you that you're so faithful. We thank you that... Uh, You can interrupt us, and you know it's for our good. We can trust you with our lives. And, Lord, for those places in our lives that maybe we've interrupted through getting involved in an addiction or getting involved in uh, something we shouldn't have, or maybe it was just forced upon us, something that we didn't even ask for. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, break through all that and that we would hear your voice at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.